Hey guys, we are still enjoying the vacation and having a great summer, but we wanted to bring you this rewind today. Don't forget, we will be back on August 4th with some new content. See you then. Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. Today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. So hey Jason, what's been what's been going on? I have been exploring some work around um, a, a specific behavior that my daughter has. Okay. So she has been. She's a very emotional girl to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which she is. is fine with me. You know that that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But. She also goes through these phases where she just shuts down. Huh. And that has become insanely triggering to me. Yeah. And it's not the the amount of frustration and anger and emotion that comes up clearly tells me it's not her. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't about her. So... I think I'm going to I'm going to be doing a little work around that is trying to figure out why that frozenness really bothers me. I'm I'm guessing it has something to do with that, you know, uh, ultimately that inward look at times when I've been frozen. Right. You know, and hating that part of me or whatever, you know, and not being in a a healed place in that part of me. Yep. You know, that's my assumption of what's going on so i've been trying to be more aware of it um and i'm definitely going to do some work in therapy around it because it's really provocative for me yeah what i mean like she just it'll be you know like communicate communicate right that's all i want just say a word like you know and she's totally shut down is it is it within like moments or is it like you know, like like you're having a conversation or there's an altercation or something that's going on and she shuts down in that moment and then the next moment she's fine? Or is it that she, like, shuts down for, like, three, four weeks at a time and you can't get any communication no. out of her? No, yeah, no, it's more momentary. Okay. Yeah, it's more momentary. And I think it's things that... I See, I don't understand what's going on for her. Right. And so, she can't and yet she talk can't about articulate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's in therapy. And I mean, I've asked them to kind of talk about this, but she's only in therapy during the school year. So. Right. Um, and I, you know, it's probably a maturity thing. Um, I try to be 
because that can be super intense right and i try to be like really really non-emotional and you know using a calm voice when Mm -hmm. i'm talking to her about these things but it definitely just because of who i am is probably coming through yeah you know and i don't know if that's what's provoking the shutdown or if it's the fact that she just shuts down do you know what i mean yeah so i don't know if i'm responsible for it and that's again am i putting myself into the situation right projecting this is this really about me or is this about her or obviously it would be about both of us but I don't know that it's anything to do with me as much as it is to do with how she handles difficult situations right now. Yeah. Because it's not just me that she shuts down with. You know, she'll do it in school. She'll do it with my wife. Um, oh, any wow. authority figure. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, it's just sort of how she... I don't know if she, it's how I don't know if it's a manipulation. You know what I mean? Right. It could be that she's figured out over time that if she does this, people will leave her alone. You know, or right? Not continue to have the expectation or whatever it is. I mean, she is she's by nature fairly <laughs> task avoidant. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. If she can get out of it, she will. When she was three years old, she'd go hang out in her room every time anybody said clean you know and then because she was being so quiet no one noticed probably no one really asked her to do anything you know and and this continued for years you know so she's by nature fairly task avoidant she doesn't like (laughs) to do things that she doesn't want to do right um and i maybe a maturity thing well you know i mean she's 12 yeah so Um, it may just be a maturity thing when when my nephew was that age and a little younger he went through a space where he would shut down like that yeah and he did get through it you know but it was it and it was an enigma you know and and again like 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 your daughter he couldn't articulate it you know he couldn't articulate why he was shutting down yeah but uh, and even talking about it would then shut him down you know well exactly yeah exactly i mean we can't even bring it up right because there you go yeah she shuts down yeah but none of your other i mean your your oldest son had didn't no. go through that no no i mean he's also a very different very no. very different child no neither yeah. one of the boys do it i feel like it's a and she's a pisces you know <laughs> pisces are all about holding in emotion yep um, not letting it flow. So I don't know if it's just part of what she's agreed to come in with. Right. Or whether it's it's a behavior. But honestly, I need to work on what it's doing to me. Right. So that I don't want to, like, shake her every time she doesn't want right. to you know, speak or talk or move or whatever it is she's being asked to do. So, so that's some work that I'm going to be trying to do is just to figure out what it is about that that's that triggers me. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it has something to do with my mother because my mother would oftentimes be so drugged out that, you know, she would just be 
totally in la la land i mean prescribed drugs but right but still for drugs a long period of time you know she was fairly checked out when it came to that kind of thing yeah so i mean it might be that you know just that that frozenness is triggering it may be like i said it may be that i'm seeing you know i'm projecting yeah and i'm mad at that part of me still because there is a lot of that type of stuff in me mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah i that's the that's this week's kind of big realization is that right. i need to do something about this because it drives me crazy right it drives me crazy and it, you can't be helpful and you know in the situation if you can't deal with no, your own stuff right you know? exactly and i am I'm a words person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I am a communicator. And when I can't get that out of her, it's frustrating because I very rarely have had to develop skills to <laughs> deal with that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like part of my survival has equaled a fairly quick ability to respond you know what i mean verbally or in pressured situations yeah how does your wife handle it when she's when she shuts down um i i know it frustrates her i'm mm-hmm. not sure that it triggers her as much as it just kind of pisses her off gotcha. sometimes you know and she doesn't have any better luck in trying to get through oh no space no one does no yeah. one does i mean she we, becomes a wall well that's it we've yeah. gone to you know her iep meetings at school and she has that program because of her behavior you know she would in elementary school she'd just get up and walk out she'd walk around school people would yell at her she'd just ignore them because she knew they couldn't touch her so she'd just go about doing whatever she was doing and acting like the person didn't exist that was trying to prompt her. Right. You know, and they're like, what What should we do about this? And, you know, my wife and I are like, I don't know. What, what should we do about it? Right. Because it happens at home. Right. You know, it's the same thing. And, you know, she... <laughs> The school was convinced that she had uh, oppositional defiant disorder. And we had her assessed, and there was no right. no evidence of that. Um, you know, so they've tried to sort of um, label her in different ways, but she doesn't test out that way. Right. And it's just in, and I think it's just her working on coping yeah and not having those skills in that moment but i have to deal with the fact that it pisses me off (laughs) right you have to deal with the fact that you need to develop skills in that moment too yeah i do i need to develop skills yeah so that's what i'm looking for well i i (laughs) for both your sakes and i i know that that she has been a trigger for for issues in the past, you know, um, and I don't. I mean, she's your only girl, yeah. And she does kind of look like your mom a little bit, and I. She I, looks a lot like. Yeah, mom, yeah, you know. No, but, she does. Yeah, 
and she even carries herself like your mom so yeah i want i mean that that's that's got to be difficult to begin with and then to have these little things well, like that you know my my there have been two cycles of this this mm-hmm. is the second one that we're talking about right now the first one is the one that you're talking <clears throat> about and that was um that was more of a just her physical body yeah and having memories come up um because one of the people that i had been uh given to one of my abusers had other people in the house Mm -hmm. and they were girls of that age yeah and i hadn't had that memory and then through her being just in my presence and being at that age triggered this stuff where i remember that i wasn't the only one in that situation there were also these other people yeah you know and these other people would change on a regular basis so you know i just it really messed up my mind of like you know what was happening to them where were they going like right i mean it could have been anything so so yeah that provoked a lot of stuff for me um and that was really overwhelming and that took you know probably at least three years yeah to really kind of get out of that um so yeah yeah that was really hard she's definitely been a teacher for me for sure yeah 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 well hopefully I mean, you, it's not like you have anything else going on in your life either, you know, like, right? <laughs> nothing do, else we, going on in my life. We've talked about this before. It's just, that, you know, add this to the pile over yeah, here, add you know, to the, list, the list of, of things, things that I need to work on in therapy. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, it is. And it's, it can be really overwhelming sometimes, Yeah, you know, because there are big things that affect other people in my life that i i really want to address so it doesn't affect them right i mean my trauma should not interfere with the way that my family members want to live their life right right and it's my responsibility to figure that out yeah so that's what i'm doing you know and it just it takes time some of the things take time i mean this with with my daughter is gonna take less time than some other things you know because i've got a lot of insight there already right right Um, absolutely and i understand i'm starting to understand better where those seeds come from with that yeah but i've got things that i'm working on that i don't i only know it's a plant because somebody told me it was right you know yeah i planted it (laughs) right right exactly i gotta figure out how i got there i gotta figure out what that seed is i gotta figure out you know the all of that stuff yeah and that takes time that takes a lot of time and it's stressful because you know you've got the expectations of everybody else to who it does interfere with right you know what i mean and then your own expectations of you know trying to be the better person and and right and and the guilt of affecting oh yeah how my trauma affects other people yeah there's a lot of guilt there for sure so that's what i've been working on (laughs) um heavy shit (laughs) yeah yeah it it tends to be It, it tends to be
So last season, um, we talked about revenge sleep procrastination. Yes, I remember that. And uh, one of the things that I was talking about was I, I wanted to do more with procrastination because it had come up within that. So after procrastinating for the last seven months, no, I'm kidding. Um, so, but for real. But for real. Um, I finally have gotten you know to actually working through it and, and, and doing some research on it on a deeper level. And procrastination is like this huge thing. I mean, like yeah. it is, and it has so many sources, like like full sources. So like trauma can create procrastination. Um, ADHD can create procrastination. Um, you know, there, there are all of these different little yeah. pieces, depression and, you know, anxiety and all of these different things can create uh, procrastination. But one of the theories that really stood out to me within the myriad of, of different pieces because a lot of people are like oh i need time management i need this and it's not that at all it's called the self-worth theory um the self-worth theory they're talking about the reason why procrastination works is because uh, or for us is because most of us have value we want to have value we want to be seen as capable we want to be seen as productive and at the same time, when we're not, of course, that that hurts us. So what our brain does is it protects us through procrastination. Because if we pull something off, yeah, then we're intelligent and we're great and we're we're highly capable at that point in time. But if we don't, then we have a perfect excuse. You know, I only got two hours of sleep. I only, you know, I only studied for two hours, you know, versus three oh, hours, okay. so on and so forth. So it's a little different. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the paramount need, of course, is to be seen as capable and whatnot. Um, and this brain thing is that we, we tend to look at our performance. Now, there are multiple theories on procrastination, but this is, this is the one that resonated for me. Yeah. So um, we equate our performance with our self-worth. I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure we have that that is me to a T, you know. One of the things that that this is bringing up for me is, and I had, I had heard somebody talk about this very recently, but it's the concept of being busy. Yes. And how being busy has actually become a status symbol. Yep. Versus... Uh, us saying like why the heck are we so busy now the busier you are the more status you have absolutely which is i mean in in a sense driving us all crazy well and it's it's counterintuitive i mean if you if you look at what used to be you know the the l less busy you were generally the more well off financially you were and so on right. and so forth yeah, so you could do take that the whole summer off and right. go to the hamptons yeah absolutely so that would be wonderful but now you're right it's busyness yeah and and this performance piece is is right delved into it i mean it, it is a huge part of the culture you know this is the that self-worth piece and of course we want we want to feel good about ourselves and the problem is you know a lot of people go well we don't have any motivation and that's actually not true so you have two motivations when you're when according to this theory when you're procrastinating the first motivation is to achieve right i want to achieve this task i want to achieve this goal i'm really into it i really want to achieve it mm -hmm. but the other piece to it is i don't want to fail yeah you'd think that that would be kind of the same thing but it it really isn't so there's this fear of failure 
and this this you know this this want to achieve working on resilience gives you the power in that situation okay so with that piece you're stuck you know yeah. like there's and the only thing that generally tends to override that is the fear of not doing it becomes greater than the fear of doing it badly right you know and that's when you act so that's resilience therapy or well, part no, of the, the the healthy thing is yeah is that you are worth doing it right you're worth the risk right that's where that work would get you on the resilience okay is that you're worth the failure yeah you know, you're worth the success like both of them offer value to who you are yeah yeah and and he did go into a little bit about that um towards the end um which was which was quite interesting and and something that that i've been working on too is you know like why don't i have a clean house all the time because i'm not worth a clean house why am i not worth a clean house well i'm not worth a clean house because my parents didn't keep a clean house so obviously and yeah. i think we talked about this or we're going to be talking about this with the developmental trauma you know like the developmental yeah. trauma that's a piece you know i grew up in lots and lots of clutter therefore that was how i internalized my self-worth you yeah. know and part of that um yeah you know so the the fear of not getting it done that creates usually that catalyst for us to do things and i know for me that's usually it you know did i procrastinate this yes i did i listened to everything this morning <laughs> before to be fair, I had a hell of a work week and, you know, whatever. There's that excuse that's, you just e talked about Exactly, that. I was yeah. saying, and that's the excuse I used, you know. So I've got some things, now that we kind of have that idea of, of why yeah. we procrastinate, I've got some things to, to talk about to, to get over that. Nice, some tools. Oh, yeah, we have some tools. So one of the things that they have found um, is th the simple fact of being aware of it, you know, because a lot of us just go through and we just live this way, you yeah. know, until the just adrenaline. Go through the motions. Right, and then the adrenaline kicks in and then we do it all at the same time, you know. And um, so awareness, like with everything else we talk about, tends to be paramount you know be aware that you procrastinate and then of course you can't beat yourself up for uh, for it you know except except yeah um so then the next part is to look at the roots so look at your motivations what are your motivations you know so um one of the things he talks about because he was for this one and I, I listened to several different people but he had the best example of because they were talking about princeton yeah you know you took the physics courses because you're passionate about physics, you know, but you're procrastinating because you don't want to write the physics paper because, you know, it's it's a paper and you don't want to do that, you know. Yeah. So it's bringing those tasks back into line under the motivations of what you're looking for. Yeah. They find that to be helpful. No one of these things is going to be good, um, but altogether they, they tend to make it a lot easier. Um, so what does it feel like? You know, the, the, how important is the task? So one of the things that a lot of us do is, well, this task is so big up here and I'm going to have to do this task up here. So I'm going to check my email, you know, yeah. because it's a small task and I can get that done quick and I can get that feeling of accomplishment, which feels good, 
right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so 45 minutes later, I have checked every email, including some of them that I probably deleted years ago. And uh, now you don't have time for the big thing. <clears throat> and now I don't have time for the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, and, and, and looking at that and acknowledging what it is, is checking your email and procrastination sometimes. And then how does it feel? You know, check in with the feeling of that, you know. Yeah. Are you checking your email because you need to check your email? Or are you checking your email because you don't want to do the thing? Right. You know? Right. What's the motivation? What's the motivation? Um, and, and then understanding avoidance uh, motivations as opposed to approach motivations. And that's, that's the thing. So... The checking of the email is an avoidance motivation. I'm yeah. avoiding this thing that I'm doing here versus sitting down, reading or, you know, about the subject that you're going to be doing, dealing with would be an approach motivation. You know, you're doing it. You're not you're you're breaking it down to small steps. So that's the next thing. The perception. OK. You know, starting to break things down into small steps. Um so would an approach motivation be the person that says, you know, I want to learn how to cut down trees and yep. they never actually cut down a tree, but they see, they've seen every YouTube video about cutting down a right. tree. So that can be an approach motivation or, and, and, and that's one of the things that, that was brought up uh, in multiple um, different, in an article I read too, but um that the approach motivation versus the avoidance motivation can be the same task. Okay. Um, and then, of course, there are other complications, too. You know, like, so we've we've just talked about the ADHD brain, um, you know, for, for me. And I will get locked down into this hyper-focus of watching these videos and researching this task. And I may never do it because I'm just lost in the research. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there is a point where that becomes avoidant, you know, an avoidant motivation. Yeah. As opposed to a, um, as opposed to an approach motivation. So one of the things that they suggest is make it small. One of the other things that they suggest is make it Whatever the goal is. Whatever the large goal is, break it down into these small places. Yeah. And make them specific. So the six... Okay, do, 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 do. Okay, so these are the six things that um, an actual procrastination coach was talking about, which yeah. I really liked. So, ambiguous task, fuzzy boundaries, that will always act against okay, you. Okay, I gotta clean up sometime. Right, or I gotta clean the house. Cleaning the house is a huge task. It's also ambiguous, it's fuzzy, because the house is big. You know, I have to clean the kitchen. Right. You know, that works. I have to clean the sink. <clears throat> I need to clean the sink. Depending on how, how much you're really avoiding it, that's going to be important. Yeah. You know, and really putting a space on it. Large multifaceted tasks tend to create executive dysfunction and go against our executive function of, you know, how to, how to move things. Um, so, again organize it you know simplify it so i'm cleaning the house no i'm going to clean this room today or i'm going to clean this part of this room today or i'm going to take these boxes and put them out you know right. whatever it is to kind of create your steps for yourself uh, so just to clarify yeah um 
executive functioning is what happens in the frontal lobe. Yep. And it's the adult part of your brain, essentially. It's yeah. the, it's the mother or the father voice in your brain that tells you this is what you should do, that kind of thing. That's the the conscious part of you. Right. It's the part that reasons. So the other thing, the next thing is the connection to value and the return of investment. A lot of people will procrastinate on little things, you know, which then add up to big things. Right. You know, if they don't find... Um, and I know this one, this one is me. If I don't find that it has intrinsic personal value for me, which is really hard because a lot of things that should have value for me yeah. to be healthy don't have value for me because my self-worth is not right. where it should be. But if I find that I don't, it does not have intrinsic value to me, nine times out of 10, I will procrastinate on it. Yeah. You know, um, and I'll do it last minute, you know, well, at least I did it, you know, it's great, it's wonderful. Um, so attach a value. Yeah. Uh, so one of the, one of the things that, um, one of the examples was given was laundry. I hated to do laundry and she would, she would continually, um, you know, she would continually procrastinate in the laundry, but she had a son that went through a lot of laundry because he had special needs. She loved her son. So yeah. she started to learn to connect it to the value of her son versus... The positive value. Yeah, yeah. the positive value. Nice. Um, Self-defeating beliefs. I mean, that's just, that's everybody, you know, and that goes back to that whole, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. Well, I, I probably won't fail. And of course, you know... If you look at things, how many times have you done things and you've really catastrophically failed? Right. In in reality. Right. What does a failure actually mean? Right. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, catastrophic failure is usually death. Um, you know, minor minor failure is usually, well, I learned something. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, and so it's it's being okay with that failure. But, but also. I don't know. Catastrophic failure for me might also be like, I totaled my $50,000 truck. Fair enough. Yeah, that would be kind I of know. catastrophic failure. That would, be, that would feel catastrophic. So, Jason, I, I really highly suggest no cliff diving with a truck. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Just saying, you know. We'll remember to put her in park. Right. So, stay away from... from, from good Lord. Stay away from the dangerous things. You know, like, that's usually the limiting thing. You know, we want to just stay away from anything that's uncomfortable, anything that's dangerous. Yeah. Because our amygdala is programmed for comfort right so that's another piece and then our brains have only a specific it's, it's like a battery our brains have a specific amount of energy and there it is either restored or it is spent and yeah. a lot of times especially like within work um, there are certain times of the day that would be better served with doing different parts of the task. So in the morning, it might be really good to focus on um, the cognitive parts of the task, you know, laying out what you're going to do and putting together the pieces of how it's going to work. A little yeah. later on in the day, it might be good to do the physical parts of the task because you're going to be your brain power might not be so great but like you know it's still good enough to get you to where you need to be yeah and later on if there are menial or power parts of the task that you don't need to um really be present for you can just do repetitively that would be a better time to do those okay but one of the things that really came out of this that i thought was really cool and and right up my alley because well our alley actually is because some of them are a little off the wall 
is there are exercises for attention. And so it's learning what kind of attention we are needing to do in the moment. So visual attention. Yeah. So if you need visual attention, that's like that's like reading, watching videos, looking for things, you know, if you're trying to find, you know, something somewhere. Left nostril breathing for five to ten minutes will help create visual acuity within your within your your body yeah this sounds like brain gym well you know it's funny because like at that point i was like huh it kind of sounds like brain gym but right down here at the bottom (laughs) once they talk about the cognitive the cognitive one i went oh no this definitely is brain gym so there's a lot of that there um and for those listeners who don't know brain gym is an, an amazing set of of techniques that help create uh, neuroplasticity and also right. connections within the brain um, to make our lives easier and to re-energize our bodies and our brains. Um, yeah, it was developed by <clears throat> teachers yep. to engage students better. Yeah. And, and using the body to do that. And I, there are still several of them that I use. The one that I remember the most is uh, the, the zipping up. Yeah. So, you know, they, they would talk about the, um, you zip up your coat, you go out and play, which is fine, but the zipping down would then actually take energy from that brain. So, like, after you did that, you put the, the coat away, and then you would just spend several moments doing that zipping motion yeah. upwards, and it will help re-energize the brain, which is, huh. it's an interesting thing, but it works. It works, Yeah. yeah. Um, so auditory and verbal, of course, is listening, um, and, uh, and also speaking. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got something like that, you want to take some time and do, uh, visual exercises like mazes, dot to dots, um, um, puzzles, that sort of thing. And that will actually help re-stimulate your, your, your ears, your, your hearing and that, that kind okay. There's a process in the brain that I can't remember, and I didn't get take it down, but that filters out useful information versus non-useful information. Yeah. And it will help uh, accentuate that as well. The other thing you can do is, they, she called it unrolling the ears. Yeah. So like where your ears uh, curl, curl over. over yeah. yeah, you can just gently massage and un- unroll them, and that also helps. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, and that, and that, that was for auditory and vocal. And verbal, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so that that was, that's when I started going, huh, this is starting to sound more like brain gym. Um, yeah. Kinesthetic and tacti- tactive, or tactile. Um, so if you're going to do a kinesthetic task, uh, eat a quarter to a half a cup of carbs 10 to 15 minutes before you eat some protein. Okay. And that will create a serotonin uh, cascade, I think is what she called it. Yeah. Um, And then the other piece of that is diaphragmatic breathing. So really deep breathing from your diaphragm. Yeah. Um, I know in yoga, there's a a breath. Then it's like you hold your hands above your head, both of them, and you like chop wood. You're like you're coming down and chop wood. And every time you do, you go, ha. And yeah we would do some of that in the morning uh, at one of the uh, retreats that I had done at one point in time. And yeah. it does. It will wake you up. It's almost as good as coffee. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then the last one is cognitive, which is really about creating, organizing, you know, um, all of those those pieces that we use cognitive function for. Um, and the exercise that overrides the habits that of what we normally do. Yeah. Um, so this is also creativity. You know, there's a lot of creativity piece. And so this one was fun for me. So reading things upside down. Okay. Writing upside down. Using your non-dominant hand. Yeah. And what that does is that creates cross-lateral momentum from the corpus callosum. The corpus callosum is the part of your brain in the middle that connects the two hemispheres. Right. It's like a mohawk in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So if you use your non-dominant hand, you're yeah. using a different part of your brain, and that can create for you a space where your perceptions will change. You know, we've talked about the ADHD thing for me, and I keep bringing it back because I think that that, for me, has been a lot of the procrastination. Everything is too big, and it all yeah. hits me at once. Yeah, So it's all at once. Yeah. Right, and even when I tr have tried to break it down into any project down into smaller pieces, it eventually gets to a point where it's too much. Yeah. And I will procrastinate on it for as long as I can. Well, the list can become too much. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.